Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Now, we are going to be talking all about currency moves today. And some currencies on our watch include the US dollar, which has depreciated sharply in recent days, even as the Fed works to tighten its monetary policy. Now, also on our list, the euro, which has jumped to a more than three-week high against the dollar earlier, as well as the implications this would have on the block, which is currently facing a cost-of-living crisis. Back in Asia, we'll also take a look at the Japanese yen, which is seeing some weakness against the dollar, drawing some warnings from central bank officials. But how likely is it for the Bank of Japan to intervene? Now, joining us live as we break down all the key currency movements is Gan Li Sing, FX Strategies at Zeta Labs. Hi, Li Sing. Hello. Hi. Uh, Li Sing, maybe let's start with the greenback, yeah? the US dollar. It has well depreciated even as the Fed works to tighten its monetary policy. Where do you see the U.S. dollar moving in the near term, say, if we use the ICE U.S. dollar index? I think in general, broadly speaking, dollar has been on a strong uptrend. Mm. So recently we saw the pullback, but all in all, it's still supported by the hawkish Fed and also higher interest rate prospects, especially during the Jackson Symposium. We saw that there's Fed's commitment to bring inflation down to about 2 to 3% target range even if it comes at the expense of growth. So dollar index by itself, it's also a safe haven currency. So this is favoured, especially in times of uncertainty and all the macro headwinds that we're seeing as well in terms of the slowdown concerns and also the energy crisis. So this is also on top of the lockdowns in China that we see with its zero COVID policy. Mm. So I think when we compare the US to the Mm. major economies, for example, like your Eurozone, UK, US is still doing relatively well Mm. in terms of how growth and labor market is still resilient. US by itself is also a net energy exporter, which means that they could, for one, benefit higher energy prices. Mm. And they're also less vulnerable to negative income shock as compared to your Europe and UK, which imports more than half of their energy consumption. So this is made worse with the energy crisis that we are currently seeing. So I think the markets, um, they're pricing in about 85% chance for a 75 basis point move Mm. in September's meeting. In terms of the chart on the technical front, we see for the dollar index, Mm. we see short-term downside risk Mm. for dollar index to pull back to about the 107 level and then in the longer-term target with 113 as the resistance. So, uh, as we are saying, largely positive in the the whole bigger picture leasing. Some economists, they are warning that if there's a stronger US dollar amid this interest rate hike, the 75 basis point rate hike, it could spell more debt troubles for emerging markets and developing economies. What's your take on that? Will the US dollar be even stronger from what we see now after that 75 basis point hike? I think that there's a chance that it could climb higher. And also... Emerging markets have taken a lot of debt, especially through this few years with COVID. And according to the World Bank itself, emerging markets and developing economies, they accounted for more than 200% of their GDP. So I think with com- uh, in combination with the pandemic, your Ukraine war, energy crisis, and also China's lockdown, it created a lot of uncertainty and also slowdown concerns. And this in turn also prompted safe haven flow to our dollar, which is why I think in the long run, we can see dollar climb higher. 
Mm. I think this coupled with your fat aggressive rate hikes, mm. mainly to fight inflation, can also uh, cause dollar to be more attractive as an investment compared to the EM currencies. Mm. I think aside from the higher interest rates in general, what it's uh, aside from your dollar strengthening, it also makes it more expensive and harder for the EM markets to repay their dollar-denominated debt. And even more so with the capital outflow from emerging markets. So this is a bigger threat to the debt troubles because emerging markets themselves, they are reliant on foreign investments to help boost their economy and Mm. businesses. But with this higher interest rate, especially in more developed economies, in turn, it would dampen the appeal of the EM currencies. So for example, we saw Sri Lanka recently defaulted on the Mm. foreign debt earlier this year. Yeah, and then also Bangladesh, Pakistan also, they are also seeking support from the IMF. Mm. So, yeah. mm, and from the US uh, and emerging markets, leasing, I want to take us to Europe. The ECB policymakers, they are now seeing an increased risk that they will have to raise key interest rates to 2% or more to curb inflation. To what extent do you think this will push up the euro against the dollar, given that it has already jumped to a more than three-week uh, high against the dollar earlier this week? I think this week we saw the euro rally, right, mm. and euro dollar traded above parity level. So this is partly because of the dollar's uh, recent pullback from its 20 years high. Mm. And then also along with that, it's also supported by the uh, European Central Bank's hawkish stance. So recently we also saw a 75 basis point uh, rate hike, mainly to tame inflation, and then potentially another 75 basis point hike in October. Mm. I think in general for euro dollar, we could see limited ups side, mainly supported by the hawkish moves uh, by the ECB, so European Central Bank, to fight inflation. But all in all, it will still be overwhelmed by stagflation risk. So stagflation in general just means very high inflation and slow growth, which is currently what the region is facing. Because the region is facing supply-driven inflation, mainly due mm. to higher energy costs. And inflation, uh, annual inflation stands at 9.1% in August. So this is actually an increase from 8.9% in July, right? which mm. basically shows us that price pressures have yet to peak. And this, given the region's heavy reliance, especially on Russia's energy imports, as well as the supply constraints, and even more so with winter approaching, mm. I think that with the Russian oil bans and also the shutdown of the Nord Stream pipeline, which is basically the main source of supply for natural gas mm. to Europe, this all in all could pose more growth and also inflation risk for the region, which is why I think in general, euro dollar could see more downside risk. Mm. In terms of the technical front, we see 1.04 as the resistance on euro and 0.98 as the support. Mm. So even as inflation remains high and the ECB is raising rates to curb inflation, you think that given the overall geopolitical tensions, that's going to put a downside risk instead of an upside upside potential for the euro. Did I get you correctly? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So in that case, if your expectation is for the euro to weaken in the near term, what does it mean for the eurozone as it faces a cost of living crisis? To what extent will this worsen imported inflation and higher energy costs? I think main thing, it's, uh, if we compare the eurozone and the US region, for US, it's more de- demand-driven inflation. So in this case, Fed's monetary policy in terms of tightening monetary policy, making money supply less available would uh, would be more useful in taming inflation. But in mm. Eurozone's case, because it's more supply-driven inflation, 
which means that the root of it still lies in the supply constraints. And as long as that is not resolved, higher energy prices will still continue to worsen inflation and growth risks. Mm. And what this also suggests is that central banks' monetary policies are very limited. So ECB's monetary policy are very limited in terms of mm. how they can address the higher prices because these higher prices are mainly driven by supply chain shocks. Mm. So in general, Europe itself, they import about 40% of their gas mm. and more than 25% of their oil from Russia. Yeah. And recently we saw that Russia cut their gas supplies, right? And this on top of uh, what we have, right? And also the limited storage facilities in mm. such a short um, time period. And also with winter approaching, I think that it could worsen the mm-hmm. economic uh, growth, mm, especially if there is energy rationing in, in post. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Lee Sing, I just want to, to look at the British pound, rather. It has been tanking against the dollar recently, but we are seeing some positive movements uh, in recent days as well. Where do you think the British pound will go in the near term? And how far do you think Liz Truss's new plan to curb energy prices can help bolster the fall? I think um, on the technical front, if we look at the chart on pound dollar, probably limited upside to 1.2 with our resistance target. And I think very similar to the Eurozone itself, UK is also facing supply-driven inflation. So net energy import accounts for about 36% of their consumption. Mm. And inflation is still standing at a decade's high, so 10, 10% year on year. So uh, in general, compared to the dollar, I think holding the pound is less attractive mm. because of inflation. So in return, the real interest rates, it's much lower. And on top of that, Brexit also worsened the whole situation where there is a lot of restricted movement in labor and also mm. in terms of trade as well. So in general, I think we could see more downside risk on pound dollar. Mm. right? And um, with regards to the fiscal support that... Um, you mentioned so mm. for fiscal support um, with the tax cut initiatives and also the plan to curb your energy prices I think in the short run it could help to support rising cost of living mm. but at the same time it could also worsen inflation because it frees up more money mm. uh, in the market mm. so going ahead it will also prove more complications for the mm. Bank of England mm. right and growth and inflation still remain the main concern for UK um, and also Bank of England I yeah see. so I think it will probably be mm. just a short-term boost for the currency. Mm. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to Gan Li Sing, FX Strategies at Zeta Labs. Um, Li Sing, I want to take us closer to home. We are seeing authorities call what are excessive, one-sided moves in the exchange rate of the Japanese yen. But how likely is it for the BOJ or the Bank of Japan to intervene? I think in general, um, intervention, it's very rare for Japan, right? And it's also not that straightforward because if Japan decides to intervene in terms of trying to stop the depreciation of the yen, then they will have to, for one, discuss with major economies in terms of the acceptance of the intervention. The last time Japan actually intervened in it um, in in 1998 during the Asian financial crisis. So basically, there is a sell-off in yen and then there is a lot of uh, outflow. And one, one other thing is that if Japan was to intervene in it, right, then that's basically where the Ministry of Finance will come in. They will mm-hmm. tap on the foreign reserves essentially to sell the dollar in exchange for the yen to uh, prop up the demand. Um, in this sense, then what we have involved is that the Ministry of Finance uh, themselves would be the one making the call and Bank of Japan is only acting as an agent to execute the trade. I think mm-hmm. yen buying in general is tougher than selling the yen because that also means that Japan has to tap on their foreign reserves for mm. the dollar to sell in the market in exchange for the yen. There is also a limit as to how much uh, they can intervene because mm. of the res- uh, reserves that they have. 
So listening, uh, I'm slightly running out of time, so I'm putting these two questions together. Uh, I want to take a look at the Sing dollar. Investors in recent days, uh, Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, they say they favor the Sing dollar. Have that changed? And also the second question is what's on your shopping list right now? What can re- retail investors or what currencies can retail investors consider buying right now? I think um, in general, dollars, uh, Sing dollars outlook is still, I mean, a Sing outlook is still strong. Mm. Singapore dollars outlook, um, mainly compared to our peers, we are also more resilient in terms of growth as to whether the uh, the currencies that retail traders in Singapore can consider buying. I think in general, uh, comparing, just looking at G7 currencies in general, mm. I think that we could still see more strength uh, on the dollar going forward, especially with another 75, potentially 75 basis point rate hike coming up in October. Mm. And also, um, if you look at it on a technical mm. front right now, there is still no change in market structure, so it's still showing mm. uh, bullish pressure. Yeah. Thank you very much. Gan Li Sing, FX strategist at Zeta Labs. Before acting on the the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.